All right, hey everybody, we are back. Today I have a guest with me, a fiddle player, multi-instrumentalist, Dave Agee. How you doing? Very good, how are you doing? Pretty good, man. Um, so, I met you through, my ex-girlfriend was really into Irish music and I came down to some of your guys' jams right. that, that you guys have all over town, your little scene that you have mm -hmm. here. And um, I was definitely, I was definitely pretty, pretty impressed with your playing, man. It seemed like a lot of people were, were, you know, kind of respecting your abilities in that scene, and it was, it was just cool to watch you play. And um, so, you know, I definitely thank you for coming in and doing a little chat here. But sure. uh, for people that uh, don't don't know you very well, talk talk a little bit, a little bit about what you've done. Um, well, to go back to the beginnings, um, when I was. I mean, I know that I got a guitar when I was nine years old because mm -hmm. I saw <laughs> a picture of me with my first guitar and it had a date on the photograph. And so you know it happened. Yeah. It I, definitely happened. And But how, why it happened, I'm not, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if I begged my parents, get me a guitar, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and they bought you know, the crummiest guitar you could get from mm -hmm. Sears that would discourage any child from ever wanting to learn to play because it, it <laughs> thick strings high off the fretboard yeah. hurt your fingers uh, but something inside me uh, I had some kind of a drive yeah. to want to play my parents knew nothing about music mm -hmm. nobody in my family I knew of ever played an instrument um, but I don't so I don't know you know, that's been so long ago, I can't remember. That's interesting. Most people have like horror stories or something like their parents oh. made them or they loved it. Oh, they couldn't I know. this or that, you know. Right. It's funny that you were kind of indifferent with remembering. Right. That's, that's interesting. And uh, so I, I started taking lessons uh, at a local music store. Mm -hmm. And this is the time when the Beatles had come out and the whole British invasion mm -hmm. uh, stuff that I was listening to on the radio, local radio that I loved. And I couldn't find any of these guys. Uh, that knew any of this music. Mm. Uh, so I learned all the basics, you know, of, of uh, chords and, and all that. And then uh, my parents got me an electric guitar. Um, mm. I think they got it from a, a local drugstore pl place called Cats. And, uh, and I think they had to order it through. They had, we had a next door mm. neighbor that worked there. So it was a harmony guitar and a little harmony amp. And uh, which at the time, if they'd have, you know, if they'd have known better, they probably would have bought me a better guitar if they'd have known. Right. But now those guitars are really kind of sought after because mm. they're rare. Yeah. You know. It's funny. Yeah. And guys like you know in the Black Keys, you'll see them play. I've seen him play that exact guitar. That yeah, I that's had, funny. You know. Uh, so I don't. Know, I I quit taking lessons after about a year, and I just started listening to records and learning mm. everything I could by ear, and never learned to read music then. Mm. Um, and it was just, you know, listening to I mean, Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton mm -hmm. and the Stones and the yeah. Beatles, everybody just started soaking that stuff up and listening and playing and um, playing a few garage bands and, you know, mm -hmm. and all that. And then, um, then, I don't know, it was probably 19, it was 1976, a friend of mine, Gary Bury, who uh, used to be a singer here in town, he used to, used to sing in a, a, a band called Three Trails West. Mm -hmm. Uh, country swing type band and um, he like t told me so you got to go down to Winfield and mm -hmm. I was like oh I don't know you know uh, it's not really my scene you know mm -hmm. and uh, 
He said, no, I'm, you, you got to go. Mm-hmm. We got to go to this. So we went down there and I, it turned my world around. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, by that time my ears were starting to hurt a little bit from, from mm. loud music. And I yeah. was thinking, maybe this is, I said, man, there's got all the energy you've got in rock and roll, mm-hmm. but without all the pain. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Without all the pain. And, uh, that's funny. So I mainly was influenced with the bluegrass music at the, at that point, mm-hmm. seeing Sam Bush and Norman Blake and some of these guys. And I went home and I just started like trying to learn how to flat pick my guitar, listening mm-hmm. to these albums, you yeah. know? And then I bought a mandolin and, uh, there was a guy in town who, an old man who sold instruments out of his house that I found mm-hmm. and uh, started buying stuff from him. Got a fiddle and a mandolin and uh, just started, you know, picking around on listening to records. That's cool. Yeah. And then I was in Westport, saw some guys playing on the street, busking. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I saw they had a guitar and said, hey, you mind if I join in with you? Okay. You know. So I started joining in and they, I said, Hey, well, thanks. You know, and they said, no, no, stay, stay. Mm-hmm. So I kept playing and then pretty soon I was in their band. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, And, but, and they got it, this guy, uh, he was a mountain dulcimer player. Really, mm-hmm. really good. In fact, he won down at Winfield first place. Oh, wow. Down yeah. there. Um, and we started listening to Irish music. He mm-hmm. was doing some Irish songs and sure. all that. And I, I thought it was kind of nice. And then I, I was at a, a local used record store and I bought an album on uh, the Chieftains. It was Chieftain 7 because mm-hmm. I liked the album cover. I thought it looked cool. Mm-hmm. Got it home and I was just mesmerized with the music. I thought, I'd never heard anything like it before. Yeah. The arrangements, all the different kinds of instruments they were using. Mm-hmm. And I just started listening to that a lot. And then I met uh, Gerald Trimble, mm-hmm. who's a local musician who plays, now he plays the viola da gamba. And, um, but at that time he was playing guitar and, uh, bazooki was kind of his main instrument. And then he started playing the sitter, which is more of a 10 stringed instrument, double mm-hmm. stringed instrument. And, um, he had a, a band, it was the only Irish band in town called Talisman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I knew they were playing, but I used to have a folk club at 39th and Main called the Fool Killer Theater. Mm-hmm. And I'd gone, I'd played there, I'd played, I was playing, before this happened, I was playing in bluegrass bands. Yeah. And uh, played there a lot, knew the place pretty well. And uh, so I, I knew they were, were playing, and so I wanted to go see them. Well, you could get in free if you do a walk-on. <laughs> so I took my fiddle, I'd been learning, trying to learn some Irish tunes. I mean, I was terrible at it, but I, I got up on stage, played these tunes, and stayed for the concert, and after the concert, Gerald grabbed me he said he said hey come here how'd you like to join our band yeah that's cool so i uh, ended up in in this band and stayed with that till it finally uh ended and then me and some other guys started a band called scarlet glen that mm-hmm. went on to be uh, a pretty big deal and um, my wife was in the band and started just you know uh, started getting deeper into the music learning more about arrangements and mm-hmm. um Anyways, I mean, that was kind of the, yeah, from then on, cool, I mean, man. I played in many Irish bands. Sure. And, yeah. So, so you said something really interesting. Uh, you're, you're the first person to mention, uh, mention Winfield on the show. Oh, and, really? And, yeah. and you, how, how it usually goes is exactly how you described. Everybody's like, 
dude, you've got to go. And everybody's like, oh, I don't want it. And they're like, no, you don't understand. You know, yeah. it's a pretty fun time, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, especially, see, this was my first time there was in 1976. Yeah. And I was like 22 years old. Uh, so it would have been like 10 in, 5 in to the start of it, right? No, I, mean, I think it first year might have been 72. Right. So that was right at the yeah. beginning of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there weren't, I mean, not very many people were coming down right, there. Right, right. And so it was, I just thought I'd died and gone to heaven. Mm, I know. And when you go I, down there, it's fun. I mean, and I noticed, I mean, every year it got a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger. And I think by 1982 or three, I personally, I've kind of had it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, my friend who took me down there originally has still gone every year, yeah, yeah. still goes today. Mm. I haven't been back since then. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not that I wouldn't go, but. I don't know. It just seems, uh, it just always seems hard to get down there. Now. It is. It's a long ways down there, right? and and it's just but so crowded. The the fun thing about it is that why I thought it was so fun is because from my background of playing classical and, um, you know, you show up with your tux, you know, and yeah. everything's all proper, and you know, and when I went down there one year. I opened up my case because because you go down there and you bring your instrument right and it's it's just a big mute bluegrass mm -hmm. folk kind of festival and you bring your instrument and there's two big campgrounds and you can just go like walk around mm -hmm. and like hang with people and oh, play yeah. and, and so one day I open up my instrument and like this cricket jumps out you know <laughs> my case you know and so I was just like what you know and so I go to my you know a couple friends I'm like dude a cricket just and they're like and. Yeah, you know that was their reaction. You know, yeah. it was, yeah. that was just so funny to me how like <laughs> chill it was and, and right. how totally different like situation from my my own learning oh, sure. and uh, and just the idea of like the jump in is something that I, I want to talk to you about yeah. a little later here. But the kind of just jump in and jam with people mentality is so cool to me. Mm -hmm. Like that's just so neat mm -hmm. and how. The, the two cultures are just so different of the classical culture and then that mm -hmm. example. And I, well, I, I was at that time I was going to jams up here in Kansas City mm -hmm. and mostly kind of around bluegrass, old timey music. Yeah. I wasn't in the Irish music yet. And there was another young lady uh, who was getting into that music too, playing the violin. Mm -hmm. And we we'd be at these jam sessions, and she'd say, she pulled me aside one time. She said, "You know, you're you're really not any better than I am." But you act like you are. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you get in there and play like like you really know. I said, well, I don't know what else to do but just jump in yeah. and do it. So, so yeah. was that was that a compliment on your well, courage? I think or was it was, that yeah, a, I think it was kind of a compliment on like you know you go for it. Why are you going? Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. I don't feel like I I can okay, do that. Yeah, and not a kind of underhanded like you think well, you're good. I don't, yeah, <laughs> no, that's funny. But, yeah. but we know those kind of things, like we, we see them at other people, you know, mm -hmm. you can tell there's people that maybe aren't quite as good technique wise from us, but they have that quality where they go for it. Like, especially right. during improv, you'll notice this. Oh yeah. You can be, see it in their face. They're, they're fighting through it. Uh -huh. You know, they sure. mess up and they, they no, I'm going to oh, find yeah. it. I'm going to find it. You know, well, that's the only way to, to learn. Yeah. So, so let's, let's actually go to that. Cause you, you just mentioned it. So. Uh, like I said, my, my ex-girlfriend took me down to some of these jams that you guys have, and it's a very similar mentality to Winfield that we just mm -hmm. talked about. Where, so, so again, you guys all kind of have a sit in a circle kind right. of a thing, right? And then you, you know, kind of kind of talk about the jams. okay. Well, the, the there's um, in this folk world like that, we have uh, Irish music, mm. you have old time music, mm. and then you have bluegrass yeah. jams. 
So there's, there's in, in Kansas City, there's not a lot of old-time jams. There's old-time players, but there's really not old-time yeah. jams, you know. Uh, you kind of have to go other places sometimes to get to, to, to find that. And the way Irish jams are conducted and the way old-time jams are conducted are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. In bluegrass, it's, a, it's, it's far more regimented. You usually have a kind of a conductor, a guy who's like, Who's running it? Who's running, running it? it and yeah, he'll yeah. say, okay, you start and pick, you know, so you can pick any song or any tune right. and you play it and then everybody just, if they know it or wants to, they can join in with you. They might take turns, take an improv break, you know, in yeah. the bluegrass way. And then when that's done, the next person goes. Yeah. In a old time jam or Irish jam, it's way more free mm -hmm. and anybody can, start a tune whenever, mm -hmm. kind of whenever you feel like you can, you know, you learn to have, there's certain etiquette, yeah. of course, you know, you don't like just run over everybody. Uh, I mean, you shouldn't, you know, like just starting a tune every time when one's done, you know, you're going to start the next one. You does wanna, everybody know that? I think every, well, not, I don't know that everybody knows that. I mean, I think if you're a regular, you do, you know, there might be some new people that maybe. You hope they figure it out. Yeah, you hope they figure it out. Or, you know, you could take them aside and say, this is kind of how it's done. Mm -hmm. and, uh, just, you know, be kind. <laughs> you know. See, as a, as a side note, one of the reasons literally for this show is that in the blues world, mm -hmm. that little, you see, that was so funny, that little brush, brush comment where you said, you know, you just take them aside and see in blues world, that never happens. Uh -huh. the, the take them aside and explain to them, that moment never happens. So we have the same crap happening over and over and over. Right. The same person or multiple right. people, you know. Right. And I, I think that's cool that maybe there's, uh, maybe the, I don't know, you know, it's a kind of a different topic, but I wonder if there's kind of a different respect level in those two societies where people are just kind of more clueless in the blue society mm -hmm. and, or people are just chicken. That's another way to look at it, where they right. don't want to come up and do any of the the confrontation. Right. That's kind of a whole other topic, but uh, yeah, and I think that you know, it doesn't need to be confrontational. You right. know, uh, you know, it, it's a kindness really uh, that you're trying to ensure convey to someone to. Yeah. To so, so on the jams, like one one thing I've noticed about the Irish jams that that kind of drove me a little nuts as a classical person is mm -hmm. that when when I learn how to practice we we go home we you know we get out there basically Irish reel book or whatever mm -hmm. and you right. sit down with the song or you've just heard the song a million times and then you just sit there and try to play it mm -hmm. but when, when I went to the jams it kind of felt like this whole passing down of the songs and this tradition, you know, this mm -hmm. hundreds of years of, of music tradition of how we've been doing that, where you kind of pass it down to the next generation. They just sit there and listen and try it. And I felt like when I was at the jams, when you would, you know, as a kind of veteran would call mm -hmm. out this random song that they don't know, mm -hmm. you guys loop the song like four times or something. And then it's kind of, and then they kind of try to figure it out as they go. Right. And then the song's over and then they don't hear the song for three weeks. Yeah. And then they come back again, and they sort of kind of try it for four yeah. times through. Well, they kind of... And I've learned many tunes that way myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah. I just thought that, that that seemed to me as a 
very slow way to learn a tune. Well, and that would be. be that would be my argument against that. Like, can you like yeah. set me straight on well, why I mean, that's? that's I, I mean, that's true. For me personally, I don't sit around and just try to learn as many tunes as I can. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've I've I mean, I know hundreds and hundreds of them throughout mm -hmm. the years, and not just in Irish music, but like I say, lots of genres. But so I spend more time with like trying to concentrate on learning the tunes that are in my band. Yeah, because that's sure. what's the priority. Right, right. And if I go to a jam and somebody plays a tune, I might like it, and I think, oh, I'd like, wish I, I'd like to know that. But it's not a high priority. So mm -hmm. if I learn it while each time I go to a jam and I hear it again, I'll try and figure it out. And sometimes, I mean, a lot of times I'll figure it out mm -hmm. uh, eventually that way. I've never ever looked at the sheet music or anything. Yeah. I just learned it by just hearing it over and over again. But I'm not in a hurry to learn it. I mean, right. you know, yeah. uh, some people come and they're like, God, I don't know. Where's that tone? You know, yeah, I don't right. know anything and I need to learn these. Well, yeah. the best thing is to bring a recorder, mm. you know, a little digital recorder and set that in the middle and just let it go throughout the whole thing. Um, you might say after a tune is done, you say, what was the name of that one there? That's how you go home and learn it. They'll exactly. tell you. Yeah, right. And you've got the recording of it then. Yeah. And then you could go home. There's this. There's a really great website called thesession.org. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got everything. Good resource, yeah. Yeah. So you can find the music to it. They'll have a little a MIDI file if you need to listen to it. Mm. You know, you can always go on YouTube and type in that song, and you'll hear countless people playing it. Yeah. Some people are even showing you teaching it on there. Yeah. And that's that's homework. I mean, you're yeah. talking about doing actual homework now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And the other thing about just sitting there and you're hearing the song three or four times and then the song's done and then you just wait for the next song and you, you know, I you know that there's some people that sit there and they, they, you know, I, I'm sorry to say, but they, they, they try, they hack through that song and then they hack through the next song mm -hmm. and, and they don't really, it feels like to me, and this is where, you know, I'm going to argue against them is that they, they kind of barely hack through all of them and they haven't really learned any of them today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and what, what it, yeah and it does happen and and what is funny is the other person sitting next to you they're hacking too mm -hmm. and so when you hear those songs sometimes you aren't really hearing the real song because because you got you got six of you guys that are blasting through the song and it's right. good then you got the other four mm -hmm. trying to figure it out on top of it yeah. and you're you know, so well, I know yeah. personally when I'm trying to learn a tune like that, if I'm hacking through it, yeah. I try not to play very loud. Uh -huh. I mean, I've got my fiddle up here and I'm playing just loud enough that I can hear it because yeah. I want to hear them. I don't yeah. want to just hear myself. I want to hear them mainly. And then if I kind of find out, okay, it's in the key of D and we're going to be playing these notes here. It goes up to E on the bridge, E string, and then that down. Right. Yeah, you start kind of right. feeling the patterns yeah. of where it's going. And then... So then the next time, the next day, you know, we have, a, I mean, there's quite a few sessions that go on. If you, yeah. if you go to all of them, you're going to, you stay fairly busy. No, yeah, sure. I mean, almost every weekend there's something going on. And so if you want me to list some of them, I can. Sure. Can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like there's one coming up this Friday. It, the last Friday of every month, uh, it's a distillery in North Kansas City called Restless Spirits. Mm -hmm. They have a jam, starts at six o'clock, goes to whenever, you know, eight or nine o'clock to when it ends. Um, the second Saturday of each month, there's one at Prospero's Bookstore upstairs. Mm -hmm. That starts at 7 o'clock and goes till about 10. There's one uh, at Conroy's uh, mm -hmm. Public House, which is at 95th and Knoll yeah. area. That's twice a month. They had it just last Saturday because I went to that. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm not sure exactly which weeks they do it. There's one every Sunday night in Lawrence. There's a place called Henry's Upstairs yeah. on 8th Street by Mass. And, sure. Yeah. yeah. Really fun jam. I just went to that last night. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's kind of mm-hmm. about, about all. Scott do still do his. He did one for a while. Scott McLuhan or whatever his name was. He, yeah. yeah. I don't, I wouldn't I call know. it just an Irish jam like right. that. I mean, he has, he has, uh, s- several different. The church or whatever it was. Yeah. Or, you know. I've never actually gone to it. Yeah. I, I think they tend to read more out of books. Yeah. A lot, you know. Maybe a little bit more, more for teaching. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. And that's kind of another interesting thing is that some of them are kind of different. You know, there's a lot of, for example, there's a lot of blues jams in town that are about the same thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. different people, but it's all the same jammers. It's a, you know, mm-hmm. they play, you know, blues, shuffle, you know, mm-hmm. shuffle funk, slow, right. and it's all the same, you know. Right. But then there's some other ones that are just like, you know, a little bit more rock at this jam or uh-huh. and his, his I've seen when, when I went to his was a little bit more, you know, let's... You know, at this jam, we're going to not really care that we're going like 300, you know, beats a minute. Right. You, you better deal with it. You know, right. we're, we're going to just blast through this and this is for the, you know, kind of heavy hitters. And right, right. there's other ones that are a little bit more yeah. nice to you. And, right, right. you know, all right, we're going to go a little slower on this. And then the fourth time we play, we'll kick it up and mm-hmm. then give you a chance, you know. Right. And right. Yeah. So, um. So, so but, that's well. The other, the other thing about about the Irish jam sessions is that uh, sometimes we'll play just one tune and end. Yeah. Uh, but generally, you try to put sets of tunes together. Mm. Usually, that's two to three, yeah. sometimes four tunes in a row. And those are kind of the things like you know you 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 work on those at home, trying to you know put those together yourself and uh, and then introduce them. To, to the people there and so and then we get to where we kind of have standard sets and every yeah. town you know when I, I know that whenever you go to another city and you go to a jam session there they'll have kind of their own yeah you know order of things that they do mm-hmm. and uh, usually the I mean with et- the etiquette part of it is like whoever starts the tune you'll generally play through a tune three times mm-hmm. if you want to go more you might say one more time yeah if you go after you that one's done uh, everybody else in the group should not try and start another tune. Mm-hmm. You kind of hesitate and wait and see if the person who started that first one, if he's going or she is going yeah. to start another tune because they might have a set in mind that they're wanting to do. Yeah, and that's it's, cool. And it's kind of rude to just butt in and start mm-hmm. playing another tune. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it happens, but you know, and then sometimes you might go, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know, and uh, and let it go. But uh, so you kind of let that person guide that particular set of yeah, tunes till that's, that's cool. done. And then people might say, well, what was the name of that tune or this one? And you have a little break. And, yeah, 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 and then yeah. and then another person, uh, you, you know, that person who started it mm-hmm. shouldn't start another one right away. Right. You should just wait and let somebody else, or you might, you know, if somebody just standing around, you might say, hey, have you got, you want, you want one you want to start? And just ask somebody else who maybe is, uh, doesn't come all the time, you know. Yeah. Try to get them out more. Yeah, to, definitely. Yeah, get them more confident in playing and. Yeah, so so on the on Irish music specifically, the the funny thing to me is that when when you ask some, and this is kind of a difference between like jazz, for example, where a lot of these jazz tunes, we you you can't ask like who did the original, like we know, you know, Coltrane did this tune, it was right. on or uh, 
Sure. Um, Miles did this tune. It was on Kind of Blue, and it sounded like this. And here's what his solo was. This was the structure, mm -hmm. etc. Well, sometimes I think it's really funny that all of this, these folk tune kind of stuff, have been passed down. I mean, some right. of these tunes are 400 years old or something, or like, or yeah. or you know, Renaissance era or something, you know. Uh, and so the Irish tunes maybe. And so one thing that's funny is that when you ask somebody and they're like, "This song is called Mary Blacksmith," or you know, Johnny on the Apple, blah right. blah blah, you know. Right, and right. You're, so it's even funny yeah. when when they try to. The song that I think I have to say that I've heard the most different versions of is Whiskey, Whiskey Before Breakfast. I, I hear that. I've never heard that the same way. Mm -hmm. Everybody does a different little... Right. You know, the other one's... You know, and so like that was kind of a unique thing about Irish music and maybe even bluegrass music would fit in that category of, like I said, in jazz... If you want to do it like the original, there's not a question. We can we can go back and there's sure. is a well, actual like recording. Music. There's or or even classical. You know, mm -hmm. we have a pretty good idea of what an original would sound like. Right. Then, if you want to say screw Miles, I'm going to do this now a different sure. way. Make it my own. We can actually make a choice there. Mm -hmm. But in bluegrass, because we've just had this history and and that we don't even know how the original. Oh, like, yeah. can, you, can you like talk about that? How unique that is. Yeah, uh, well, I'd say bluegrass is a more mo more modern. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we know how uh, Bill Monroe called it the Monroe Doctrine. Okay. Yeah. He had kind of, he had a way that he wanted things done. Yeah. And the instruments, in fact. Yeah. And the guitar did not take breaks. Mm. He just strictly rhythm. So, I mean, that was kind of the old school way of doing it. And there there's bands today who still do that. Yeah. And I mean, that's their goal is to to be that that Monroe the old style of bluegrass. Mm -hmm. Uh, in old time music, which is kind of a in between, right? Uh, this is the stuff that was down in the Appalachian Mountains. Yes. You know, the, the yeah. old people were playing, and I mean, even the way they spoke down there, because they were trapped down in these hollers a lot mm -hmm. of times. They didn't, they didn't get out much, and they still spoke probably the way they did in Europe way back, right? And the music pie, you know, they, they, they started changing. A lot, I mean, old time music is, is it's a lot of Irish tunes, but it, it really changed uh, into a more American style of, of, of playing. And it was heavily influenced by the African that were playing it too. They were yeah, playing right, it just as much. Right. And they started, they had syncopation in their music, mm -hmm. which the Europeans well, so did. Straight, yeah. And so that so old time music is heavily syncopated, and um, the other thing about old timey music when you go to a jam, you might say, "Well, I'm going to play uh, Julianne Johnson." Well, then another person will start it, and it'll be a totally different version. You can't even play yeah, it with them. Yeah, yeah it's right. like, "Whoa, that's another tune." Yeah, has the same name, but it's a totally different tune. Yeah, in Irish music, generally, if you're going to say, "Well, I'm going to play the Kess jig." I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. And it's more straight ahead. A it's little more, bit. yeah. I mean, it's pretty much laid out. It's like this. Now you can have variations. I mean, that's kind of the goal is to to be a good player is to is to learn variations to the tune. But it does not. You know, you can play the you can play all those variations with everybody else jamming, and it's not going to throw everybody it's not off. Throw everybody it's going to be right. right in sync with them. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times when you're doing it, you do a little variation, and somebody next to you hears it, and they go, "Ooh." Mm -hmm. and smiles, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I'd like to learn that. That's yeah. cool, you know. But That's it doesn't cool. like throw everybody out of kilt, right. you know. 
and and I know when when I was when I was going up there, they were trying to explain to me that there's kind of like beat wise, and she they were trying to say that there's kind of like three or four typical styles of tune, and so they were talking about the jig is one. Yeah, they were saying like the reel mm -hmm. is sort of another. So they're all based around dance. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. gotta you gotta if you really want to get into Irish music and know like how. Why, I mean, why are we playing it like this? Ooh. And these speeds, this kind of thing, you, you need to watch the dancers. Yeah. So you, with a, take a jig, you have... We sometimes forget about them, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Pretty bad. They're very important to this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so getting a chance to play for dancers is, is, is fantastic. Something else. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you, you have to play for them. They don't care about all your fancy. Slow it down. Slow you know, it, or speed they, it up. They gotta need. They gotta need it at that perfect tempo. Yeah, it exactly. Up real bad. Yeah, so yeah. you learn like when you play a hornpipe. Mm -hmm. This is the tempo they wanted at. Yeah, hornpipe yeah. is another one. Yeah. Yeah. So now, what was the slip jig one? What well, was I was gonna tell you. There's there? three kinds of jigs. The most popular is what's called a double jig in six eight. Uh -huh. Then you have one that's less common, a single jig or something they call them slides. Mm -hmm. They'll be in at twelve eight. Okay. Yeah. And then you have your slip jig. All these are round dances, of course. Yeah. And then slip jig is a nine eight. Yeah. So it's going to be more of a three kind of pattern. All of them are in right kind of threes right. pattern. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then you have reels, which is of course a reel is a dance. Uh, that's in four four. Mm -hmm. That's going to be real common to, to you're into your old timey music or yeah. bluegrass music. Right. Very similar. Right. Yeah. Then you have horn pipes, which are also in four four. Now in bluegrass music they play them just like a reel, and mm -hmm. in, in Irish music you play them like a hornpipe. So mm -hmm. it, it has a different kind of a feel yeah. about it and how you how you play it. It's, yeah. it. You have to you have to listen to it a bit. I mean a lot of this you take some some study and sure. to to learn uh, the little intricacies or about yeah. it. Then you have uh, polkas, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, which are in right. two four of course. You have waltzes, obviously in three four. Um, there's so some there's odd, a couple. There's yeah, some there's odd odd things too. There's called mazurkas, mm. uh, highlands. They're all kind, of, but they're not played as much. You know, every now and then somebody will. So then a shokin would be like a waltz. Yes. Right. That would be more of a slow waltz, right. I guess. Yeah. Right. Rather that's than, more, that's than a like modern. a ballad. You could yeah. call that more of a waltz than a ballad. A shokin farewell is something right, talking about right. pretty famous. 70s tune, not no, not, not Civil War tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, yeah. And the other, the last tune, which doesn't get played hardly at all in sessions, is a, an air. Oh, right. Yeah. And really, it's not. It's, and that is one of the one of the has not for not for dances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're beautiful. I mean, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, so with uh, for somebody who. I'm really always interested in talking to fiddle players because I'm, I'm a fiddle player mm -hmm. myself. And I, I'm a person that really likes to dive out into a lot of different kinds of music. I, I just think it's really neat to be able to go to an Irish jam and have at least five tunes that I could go call and do something with them. Mm -hmm. Or a blues jam or a jazz jam and have something sure. to do. But definitely the one thing that I have not done very much of is like bluegrass Irish style fiddling. I just mm -hmm. have not done much of that. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's kind of a different style. And I know that a lot of times I know that, especially like a bluegrass tune and they want me to go do a solo over it, 
I know that I can just go do Rob over this bluegrass. You know, I'm not even worried about that. You know, uh, it's a three chord tune. You know, I'm just gonna right. go do something. It's fine. Right. But I know that I'm not gonna be. I, I know in my head that I'm not a I'm not a fiddler. You know, I'm, uh, I'm more of a kind. If I'm if I'm any kind of a fiddler, I've been in three or four pretty heavy gigging country bands mm, now. Mm. I'm a country style fiddler, not a bluegrass fiddler. Right. So fiddling wise, like like talk about fiddle a little bit. Is there something that you see a lot of fiddle players doing that they could be doing better, or something that you like to do, or you can? Well, I'm not a bluegrass fiddler. Right. So yeah. when I was doing bluegrass, I was mostly playing mandolin. Okay. And, um, and but even Irish music well, is. Or, yeah. And and the time that we worked together for Michael Ann when she came to town, uh, I. I, she asked me if I could put a band together. She's a bluegrass country singer from that lives mm -hmm. in L.A. She came here for the Folk Alliance a few mm -hmm. years back. And um, so I knew she was going to play guitar and I'd play mandolin, so I needed a bass and a fiddle. So mm -hmm. I called you to yeah. do the fiddle. And um, so most of her stuff was kind of that bluegrassy mm -hmm. country music, you know. And, you know, it's not like you had to be a real bona fide bluegrass fiddler to do it, you right. know. But... Uh, so, yeah, and that's what I did at that time. I kind of just, I'm like, Rob, bam, yeah, there you go. You yeah. know, that's what it is. Right. So uh, I feel pretty comfortable playing, you know, I mean, I'm, I still wouldn't call myself really even a bluegrass mandolin player anymore because it's been so many years that I've really spent time uh, doing that. And uh, I can kind of get my chops up like I did for that show, you know, just kind of, you know, get in there and do some woodshedding. Woodshedding, yeah. yeah. But uh, I just don't spend much time with it anymore. So uh, as far as fiddling tips and, and Irish music, I mean, I think with a lot, I mean, with all this folk music, the reason it sounds, when somebody says, well, that sounds like Irish music or that sounds like mm -hmm. French Canadian music or that sounds like Cajun music, the biggest part of it is the bowing. Mm -hmm. So the rhythms that you yeah. have to create with your bow yeah. is what makes it, danceable what makes it f get you feeling the music you know mm. is all in that bowing technique mm. and i think that's where a lot of people uh they tend not to work so much on that or they don't realize how important that is oh yeah, yeah you know they're learning the melody getting all the fingering down right but they don't they don't work on the on the bowing mm. technique and so, so an example of that, that i just thought of is the idea and i've seen this in one of the irish tunes that i was working on one time was okay so you have a, a riff that goes like da 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 dee da 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 you know something mm. like that what somebody might do is all separate da 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 right. da and instead dee da 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 you know and you right. do that you you right. change that down bow right. up bow right on the da 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 dee da da and right, right on the fourth well, in the fourth the, beat, uh, and, a know. lot, a lot of the, you know, when you when you're doing the down beat, you're usually going to be doing a down bow. Sure. And then when you come up, you tend to slur some notes. Yeah. So it's like, like yeah, that. right. So you want this, what you're wanting to do with whether you're picking it or bowing it, is you want to have this balance of hard and soft sounds. Mm. You can't have all the one. And when you bow every single note, every note sounds hard. Yeah. And if all you do is slur it, right? It's, it's all very even, even yeah, but it's yeah. like yeah. mechanical sounding, you know. Mm -hmm. If all you do is slur notes all over the place, mm -hmm. it sounds wishy-washy. And, and all even too, in a, in a different way. Yeah, yeah, and then you lose all your rhythm. Yeah. So you've got to balance that with that bowing 
certain notes and then slurring some, then bowing some and slurring yeah, some. And, get, yeah. and that's what gives, uh, you know, the swing right. to it and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, and same way with picking. You pick hard on certain notes and softer on others. You know, obviously you can't slur. Right. And that'd be your accents, right? On the picking, yes. you'd have a yeah. huge amount of accents. Right. Choosing whenever you want to do them. Exactly. Appropriately, yeah. Right, right. So, like, when, it, when I was trying to play them, I really... Well, just in general, I like slurs. I mm -hmm. slur a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I really try to make my playing very smooth, probably mm -hmm. sometimes even to a fault. But uh, but when I played especially a lot of the jigs, mm -hmm. you know, it just felt like... You know, I'm like, that sounds like crap to me, you know? You know, it just... <laughs> you know yeah and it just like even some of the reels too it's like i felt i felt like i want yeah. to slur a lot of this but but then i got myself into maybe a too much slurry like right. you just said there can be too much like, yeah so you well, think generally people don't use enough slurs or well they, they just, just they just win. don't concentrate i think on the bowing mm -hmm. or they yeah. don't know what to do yeah you yeah. know and when I'm teaching people, one of the main things I really want to stress is like, let's not worry about all the ornamentation. That's one thing mm -hmm. in Irish meat. There's lots of ornaments. Yeah. And they have bowed triplets you do. You have grace notes. You have rolls. Mm -hmm. um, Turns. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's all kinds of little fancy things that you, you can do. And a lot of people, that, that's the thing they really want. Because they hear that and they, that's what's really cool. But That's what makes me look cool. Yeah. But when yeah. you can learn all that stuff, but if you don't have the rhythm, mm -hmm. it's for nothing. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. And there was there's this old time player. His name was Tommy Gerald, mm -hmm. and um, I saw an interview with him, and he was he said he goes yeah he goes one time I had this feller come down here, he could play a thousand fiddle tunes or he knew a thousand fiddle tunes and couldn't play one of them. <laughs> So, so yeah, knowing, you know, knowing yeah. the tune doesn't mean you, you can really play it. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah. And so you're making a good point because I was going to ask you a little bit about those, those little nuance things. And I, I think I even came up to it at a jam. I'm like, I was like racking my brain, you know, not that hard, but I was just like, okay, how does he know when to throw those in? Uh -huh. You know? And, and I, of course I knew, I kind of knew in my head that. I know this is what it is. There is no rule. You you right, kind of got to feel right. it and you throw exactly. it in. But you you came to a conclusion right there that a whole bunch of classical people came to too. That you can't your six thousand dollar guitar doesn't mean nothing if you can't play. Right. You know if you don't know the tune already, these mm -hmm. ornaments are going to sound really bad. Right. So you you know and and you kind of can. I always tell my students that there's there's basically a whole bunch of there's about six parts to every single song you have your pitch you have your rhythm you mm -hmm. have your for us bowing mm -hmm. you have the dynamics you have mm -hmm. the articulation you mm -hmm. have the, the, the tone you have the, you know there's yeah, these yeah. parts and and so like what what we'll notice is that that's like dealing the ornamentation is kind of another element uh, other than those but let's say that's like the articulation let's say you I would like to teach somebody that you've got to figure out what the heck these notes are in the song. That's like priority number one. Right. Then you get the rhythm. Right. Then maybe bowing is the next one. Yeah. Once you deal with all that, now you can actually like adjust yourself. You can mm -hmm. put some, bring it down in dynamics, mm -hmm. add these ornaments. But 
Well, you think, Some, well, what, yeah. what is an ornament, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not everything. I mean, if you don't have a tree to put it on, the ornaments oh, yeah, right. Right. So you've got to have a foundation, right. yeah, you right. know, for this, for these ornaments to hang on to. Yeah. yeah. So the the picking or the bowing, uh, being an instru- multi-instrumentalist, you know, I teach a lot of pickers and stuff too. Right. So you've got to get that rhythm going and you can play, you can sit in any jam and not play one ornament. Mm-hmm. If you've got that rhythm going, that mm-hmm. means everything. You sound pretty good. Huh? You sound pretty good, even without the. Uh, oh yeah, a, you'll a, a you'll, person, you know. They yeah, sound yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, nobody will will miss the ornaments. No, because if they hear that rhythm coming through strong, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I heard my teacher at school said like, she her quote was like it was pretty harsh, but it's like man, if you don't play in tune, nobody wants to play with you. You know, or right. nobody wants to hear you was her quote, and and it was right. you just got to tell people that. But I would put another one on top of that that. If you have really bad rhythm, nobody wants to play with you. Right. And it's harsh to right. say that to like right. a fourth grader, but it's is well, it not true, in, you know. In, in the last couple of sessions I've been in, in fact, as we're playing and stuff, I noticed somebody's out of tune. Mm-hmm. I don't know who. I know it's not the accordion player. <laughs> and it's not the drummer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, like after we get through with them, I should say, hey, could everybody just take a minute and just check their tuning? Yeah. Because uh, something's off. I don't know who. I don't really care. Yeah. But let's just all... I mean, it might be me. I want to just, right, you know, right. figure, let's just figure this out. And then once we do that, it's like, oh, I mean, it's just a load off my mind. And just see, and then, okay, so that leads me to another thing. So that, that's back to a Winfield problem. So we, so we, when we go down to Winfield and it's like, you know, 51 degrees outside or 30 degrees, right. you know, and we're all, we all want to be there really bad. But everybody's totally out of tune. Yeah. I noticed there's something like kind of, and maybe it's just because I go down to Winfield a lot. Mm-hmm. But there's something like awesome and right about that. <laughs> and you, you kind of, I think you'll probably know what I mean. Where like when everybody's barely out of tune, it kind of sounds right in a, in a weird way. Yeah. And then I noticed the same kind of ideas when I went home and practiced the uh, Exile Varian or all these mm-hmm. songs. When I bring them back. And, and perfect is not a good word, but they sound too clean. Uh-huh. You know, they, they sound like a classical player is playing an Irish tune. Right. And then when my ex-girlfriend would get up and play it, I'm like, this sounds right. Like, it sounds like authentic, you uh-huh. know. And, you know, again, perfect is not a bad word. It's not a good word. Like, it's too perfect, but, it, but it's definitely too clean. And uh-huh. so there's like a weird thing that I've noticed there about the, the uniqueness of, like, Irish music compared yeah. to classical yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of Irish players, too. I mean, there are really great players I highly respect that play very clean. Yeah, you know, got this incredible technique. There's other players that kind of play what, what I would say. Slop, slop. Well, it, I would just say it's, it's, it, they sound more like the old style. If you listen to old recordings, especially the rural players, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's just like old-time music. Too. I mean, it's kind of like you listen to those old guys, those old field recordings. It's real raw. It's yeah. really raw. Yeah. You know, those guys were not polished players. They never had a lesson in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, studied anything. They they just had raw talent and and um, and they, they sound great. It's just it's a different kind of a sound. Right. You know, yeah. and it's it's it is a little rougher mm-hmm. around the edges sound. And that and, and that can, I mean that's real appealing too. You know, so I mean there's all these different levels and and. St- you know, ethnic styles too. I mean, right. of of or um, different 
part, I mean, every part of Ireland, every county it's has their own thing. Yeah, oh, they yeah. have their own little dialect, uh, and then they all have their own little way of playing yeah. the tunes. Uh, especially, you know, the fiddlers have a different way. Some of them use a whole lot more bowed triplets than others, mm-hmm. or some of them, right. you know, use more rolls and all that. Um, and, you know, and we don't even know, you know, 200 years ago what they were doing. Right. We don't know if they were even doing these ornaments right. then. Uh, right. Possibly that that's something that was just created in you know the last hundred years or something. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that also is what like like we've kind of been saying is that's the this the uniqueness of that type of uh, that type of uh, genre is that we that's what's so great about classical is that we can't there classical to me is like math mm-hmm. you know it's like there there's not you, you can't argue if there's a right, right answer here you know Beethoven right. ends Picado right. it's F sharp. Don't, you know, just deal with it. (laughs) You know, this is what it is. But then this other is more like philosophy or something where it's like there's there's not always a right answer. Well, it's very, I always tell people, it's very much like language, Mm. you know. Uh, Just like I said, the dialects, you know. And our language changes all the time. Yeah, Uh, We don't speak the way we did 100 years ago, 200 years ago. They didn't speak Mm. like they did then. I mean, things change. I mean, the, the words we use change, you know. The names we call each other I mean, some some names go in and out of favor throughout the years, you know. Yeah. I mean, names we, we name sure. our kids and all that. Right. And so music does the same thing, yeah. especially if it's folk music, because, you know, it has that freedom to change. Yeah, that's you know, cool. it can, whether, I mean, blues is a folk music. Yeah. I mean, it's changed a lot. You think with the very first blues players were playing all uh, acoustic guitars until some of the guys went to Chicago and Muddy Waters and then started playing electric guitars. Mm-hmm. Well, that just opened up a whole right. different I mean, that's a whole different deal. Whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and it's changed ever since then, sure. you know. Yeah. And uh, so all folk music uh, does that. We can't just keep it in this one place. I mean, the only reason we can kind of keep it, in, some people want to keep it in a certain place is we do have recordings now of what guys were doing in the mm-hmm. 1920s. Yeah. You know, at 30s. least back to then we can sort of hear, yeah. But but kinda, 1850, we don't we don't really know. I mean, we right. can guess, right. uh, but no, we don't really right. know. So I've got one more specific violin question for you. So when with my students, I'll notice like when they when they go into orchestra, I can hear that their teacher is yelling, "Use more bow, use more bow," you know, all the time. Meaning, you know, use a lot. Mm. And as a teacher, I know why they're doing that is because they've got two thirds of the kids that are, yeah, right. you know, so they're trying to, be, this is the extremes example in teaching mm-hmm. where you want to bring them all the way to use way too much uh, and then you bring them back right. to get them to do it at all. You know, so I understand like conceptually why the teacher is doing that. But when I get my kids then into me and I can tell them like the real thing I've noticed that especially on Irish music uh, and definitely like fast jazz or, um, you know, I'm literally sitting here like, you're doing nothing. You know I mean? You're just, it's all cole, it's all the fingers. And like, I mean, you're doing zero. And have you noticed a lot of Irish players, you know? Well, there's some. You know, not all of them, but have you noticed that a lot of students wanting to use a lot of bow or... Yeah, um, to a certain degree. When, when I, with my own students, I mean, especially if they're beginners, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the first thing I do is just teach them how to play on an open string. And I want them to use the whole bow mm-hmm. and try and play as slow as they possibly can mm-hmm. and get the nicest tones they can mm-hmm. going both both directions. Yeah. Boring as hell, yeah. but it's necessary 
to, to get, get a control, nice sound in. Get control. control of that bow, yeah. you know. And then when you start to play, when you're playing like the jigs and reels, when you're playing them, when you're playing something slow, obviously you can use more bow because right. you're sustaining yeah. a note right. longer. But if you're playing them really fast, you can't do you that. Can. You've got to just be. I find that there's a sweet spot of the bow mm -hmm. where you just let the weight of the bow do most of the work. Yeah, you're not you're not lifting or pressing down. Yeah. You're just letting it go. Yeah, and uh, and that's what I think what's really fun. Is, yeah, is, is in that doing that. I've noticed too another guy. The, the guy who runs all the public school orchestra teachers in Wichita, he was talking to me how a lot of the kids up here, they like to stay two-thirds out. Uh -huh. And then all the kids in Wichita are down at the Frog. Oh, really? You know, and he said it's just a, t a t you know, there's exceptions, but uh -huh. typical Wichita kids like playing at the Frog uh -huh. and typical, and I've noticed that. I went to some of the jams and uh -huh. um, a lot of these people are two-thirds to maybe even three-fourths out in the bow, oh, very right. much close to the tip. Yeah. And in classical, I would, t if it were me, I would tell every, all of them, play that crap right in the middle. That's what I do, yeah. You know, I, I'm right. like, you don't go higher that's than that, spot. lower, it's the sweet spot, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And if you go here and you try to change tunes, you're, you're, oh. you know, yeah, your thing is yeah, doing yeah, this, yeah. and the other way, you're doing right. this, if you're out to, and if you're, you have... Well, the, the other thing about, what I want to talk about is just your equipment. Mm -hmm. So, in folk music, generally, uh, now not so much in Irish, but in, in old-timey and bluegrass, you'll tend to do lots of double stops. Mm -hmm. uh, in Irish music, there's some, but not a whole lot. But I, I tend to, my bridge is pretty flat. Mm -hmm. uh, classical players, I know, want more of an arch. Mm -hmm. I mean, mine's not totally flat. I mean, but it's, if you, a guy, yeah, a, it's a classical look player looks at it and goes, oh my God, how do you do that? You know, uh, but to me, I don't have to move very far to get from one string yeah. to the next, yeah. you know. And um, so I, for that kind of music, I think that helps a lot. Oh, sure. Having yeah. that. Um, I, mean, so, I, mean, so, I mean, setup is, is important on, a, on an instrument, of mm -hmm. course. I mean, especially if you've got somebody who's a beginner, you want to help them as much as you can. It's like getting, getting them a nice bow, uh, make sure they got good hair and, and, and maintenance, you know, when, how much rosin to put on. You get too much rosin caked on your strings and it's going to sound crappy. So, you know, you've got to learn to do all that because my students will come to me and they'll go, it just sounds awful. What's wrong with this thing? I'll look at it and I'll go, I'll wipe, wipe the strings off with a cloth. Okay, now try it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's not, this time you're actually right. It's not the player. Right. <laughs> you know, like, they're like, what's wrong with it? Well. Right. Your so, fingers aren't even close to on those tapes. So just like, yeah, look, but, look yeah. I, mean, I think for a student just to learn all of that kind of stuff, will help them to know that it is them or not. Mm -hmm. You know, am I really sounding crappy or is it the instrument? Right, right. You know. Because sometimes it is the instrument, yeah. Yeah. All right, so last big question for you that, I, that I'm always kind of fascinated by is a lot of times it'll crack me up when I go down again to the Irish jams and this guy will walk in and he'll have freaking five cases. And I'm just like... So you seriously like brought your whole house with you right now? You know he brought the he brought the uh, the tenor banjo right, and then he bought the you know the bass mandolin right, and then he bought his regular mandolin, and then his fiddle, and then his uh, his soprano guitar, and even you know I'm just like you know his his alto bassoon. No, I'm just yeah. I'm just joking. But yeah. there's a lot of people that I've noticed like playing a lot of instruments and that's not like that in the blues world you have some guys that'll 
Maybe right, play bass right, and guitar. Right, right. But they'll be really clear about which is their baby. You know, this oh, is yeah. I am a guitar right, and I right, kind right. of bass. Yeah. So you you've been one of the few that that I've made a pretty good argument that when I hear you on I think I've heard you on some sort of banjo. Tenor banjo. I've heard you tenor banjo mm-hmm. and then I've heard you on mandolin mm-hmm. and fiddle. Mm-hmm. And I've been pretty impressed about all three. You know, you're you're kind of blow the argument of that people can't be pretty good at multiple instruments if somebody were to feel that way. Um, what, what's your opinion about that, about people playing a lot of kinds of instruments? Well, it takes a lot of practice. So I notice if I, my, myself, if I don't practice my banjo, which I don't practice in as much as I do my others, a lot of it depends on what, like the band that I'm in, the particular band that I'm in at that mm-hmm. time, and what am I doing, what's my role in that band? Yeah. So a band that I was in a, a few years back, when it started, I was their, their only fiddle player. And so I mainly, that was, so that's what, when you're an Irish band, you, you need a fiddle most of the time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you kind of stay with that. And then, um, and then, then I introduced a, one of my students who was getting really good. Mm-hmm. And we brought her in. And uh, so then sometimes I, that kind of let me free to play more banjo or, or mandolin mm-hmm. and then sometimes we'd have twin fiddles which yeah, is a nice fun. nice yeah, yeah. effect too um, and then we brought in another fiddle player from out of out of state mm-hmm. who uh, one of the guys knew and who was a really really great Irish fiddler mm-hmm. so then I pretty much just quit playing fiddle at all in that band yeah because you didn't need I didn't we didn't really need yeah. three fiddles True. so that freed me up to play tenor I banjo I can't believe you said that you don't need three fiddles. Right, yeah. It's not possible. <laughs> no, no, no. So that, you know, uh, and I'm fine with that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to be the fiddle player. Or I don't have right. to be this or that. I mean, I want to do whatever I need to do to make the band sound better yeah. and make us feel more complete. So I guess where I'm getting at, and I've talked to lots of people about this because this is kind of passionate for me, this topic is the idea that, and this gets to a, a, a bigger a bigger question with our students is when we have a lot of parents that want their kids in soccer and taekwondo Mm. and scouts and Mm. robotics and and then it's kind of reminds me of that same sort of thing when the guy brings five instruments in Mm. and a lot of times I've heard some good argument because because I'm I'm basically on the side of I want to learn violin and do multiple genres, mm-hmm. but stay violin. So I'm kind of a multi-person in regards right. to music. I'm not pigeonholed. I do like everything mm-hmm. hopefully better than average. <laughs> you know, that's how I look at it. But I find it really hard when, like, I can't do fourths. It's not going to happen, ever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fifths, you yeah. know, and my brain just cannot handle going to banjo, and now you deal with the thirds. and like, Right, right. And, like, but other people can. They can mm-hmm. deal with that, but... Mm-hmm. I just love the, it, it's interesting to me to hear the arguments because there's a lot of good arguments to learning about other instruments, you know, and definitely I can sit here and talk about other instruments at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. I could have a clarinet conversation with somebody. I don't know as much as they do, but right. I know something about it. Sure, sure. But definitely the argument of anybody in the symphony, you rarely see people in the symphony that are playing four instruments. Right. It doesn't happen very much. Yeah. And if they did, they've put some major, major time in on this mm-hmm. instrument. And mm-hmm. so I would argue that anybody who gets really good, anybody who's in college soccer, 
has been playing soccer since they were a little oh, yeah. kid. Anybody sure. who's an engineer was in calculus sophomore year of high school. Right. You know, they they're on an advanced track, et cetera. They, well, there's also wrong with that. I, I mean, there's all. I mean, we all have different gifts and abilities, mm -hmm. and and it's a good argument. So you have some people. That, I mean, one instrument is all they can handle. Mm -hmm. You know, and they. I mean, I thought about, you know, one time I thought about, well, should I learn how to play the penny whistle or something? Mm -hmm. And I maybe learned a tune or two, but I thought, no, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's, I'm just going to stick with strings, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, I know that if I can do that, and I'm just going to stay with that. I don't want to, like, learn to play the piano or learn to play the... I mean, I know my, my, my uh, limitations. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody's got to be realistic about what, what is it you can handle, mm -hmm. you know. Um, some people can handle a whole lot more than others. Some people handle a whole lot more than I can sure. handle, you know, and get really, really good at it, at, at each one of them. So, but I think that people's brains work a little differently too. Some people can really, in a short period of time, put intense concentration yeah. into something and get pretty darn good at it. Right. Now they may not be as good as that, as right. somebody who has spent their whole life doing that one sure. thing, a specialist, but they can get pretty darn good at that, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could say that about athletes too, like right. Bo Jackson. Yeah, and you know. my argument would be how many others have there been? You know, it's not, right. not too right. many. You know, but, right. but anyway, the yeah, yeah. I mean, but that, your average, that's a good your average person out there. Yeah. I mean, I think that you I mean well for myself. I mean, I when I started on guitar, I mean, I didn't play anything else for many many years. Mm -hmm. So right. I got to where I knew guitar pretty well. Yeah, and and you and and doing that, you also learn a lot about music. Sure. So yeah, yeah, when sure. you say, so when I made the transition to going to a mandolin. A lot of stuff you didn't have to relearn. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have to learn how to pick. Right. Where you a fiddle didn't have player, to learn rhythm. You didn't, yeah. you know, yeah. Right. That's and when point. I went to go to the fiddle, okay, that bow was the thing. It was, that was ridiculous. That's, yeah. yeah, that's hard. It's horrible. And then every time you like learn a different genre, I mean, a different country, what I would say, <clears> it has this other bowing style about yeah. it. You know, you kind of like. But you already know your grit. You right, you already know your grip, right. you, you know, so yeah. now you have only few things you have to learn, and that's that's a good point. Yeah, but we, you've got to spend a decent amount of time listening to that music. Yeah, yeah. And you got to you got to let it soak into your soul, so that you're you can hum, you know, sing it to yourself, yeah. and, you, and you know how does that beat go? Yeah, it's deep in here now. It's down yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. and so then that will come out through your sure. instrument. Yeah, and like I, I think a lot of people again back to the multiple instruments. I think a lot of people they want to play that one, that other one, because it's fun. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, there's probably some that that it's literally like a a Michael Jordan kind of thing where I'm gonna. You think I can't play that? Really? Okay, right. I'm gonna prove it. You know, there's right. a lot of people that it's not really that. It's more of like, okay, I'll play this today. You know, mm -hmm. and like, so that that's where I kind of come back to. Coming from classical, we know very much that this end result of being awesome or, or having the song be awesome, there's a couple moments that I kind of need to not really worry about the fun of this right now. There's some mm. times where I got to sit and practice some scales and right. you got to accept to the fact that there's a lot of it that will be fun, but sometime I need to like be done with the argument of is this fun because it's it's all for a bigger goal. <laughs> right. And so that's when I would argue that a lot of I feel like a lot of these people that maybe are at the jams that want to try all these things, uh, they're not coming from it from the same. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm wrong too. I'm only coming from I want to be the best or I want to be awesome or you know right. I want to be. 
they don't care about being awesome. Right. It's just fun. Right, right. You know, sure. it's fun or awesome. I mean, a, a lot of people have no intention or, 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 right. of, of ever being on stage. Sure. Playing, you know, it's all fun. Yeah, it's just fun. I mean, that's what that's the joy of their life. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. this is what they can do and have fun with it. But they don't, they don't have those aspirations to want to. I mean, it's a lot of pressure playing on stage, you know. And uh, yeah, I love it. I, I, well, yeah, I, I, and you do too. I'm I do sure. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's. But I know it's, what you mean. Yeah, it's not for everybody. And, and so this is like psychologically with my students this is kind of another thing that maybe the last thing we'll wrap up with here is the idea that a really good argument against my argument is that so I'm going to now tell them in general, not, not tell them, but basically tell them they're, let's say if I had the opinion that you're wrong for playing six instruments and you need to pick two or pick one, mm-hmm. you'll be way better. Mm-hmm. Who... Who am I to tell them now to stop their fun? Right. You know what I mean? That that's kind of a bullshit thing for me to do. Right. You know, and and that that's a that's a BS thing for me to do. Even yeah. if I'm, even if I'm right on the argument of they're never going to be the best player, right. splitting their time in five different instruments. But mm. who am I to tell them that? I mean, sure. you know, that's right. so that's a good. I don't know. You know. No, I. I mean, if if I was going to talk to somebody about that. I would just say, look, um, if you if you want to be a better musician, you might want to concentrate. Say, let's just concentrate on this instrument and get really get. I mean, not like you're going to be an expert, but get pretty good at it for now. Yeah, yeah, for now. And then, I mean, you you, know, you should you have plenty of time. Let's let's get that down. You got about thirty years left here. Right. You know, you got <laughs> sixty years left, young right. kid. You know, you know, you have plenty of time. Well, you know, and it's, it's, point, it's, right? and it's easier with children. They're already in a mode of learning all yeah. the time. I mean, that's all. That's their job. Yeah. It's going to school, learning. They don't have job. They don't have a day job. I mean, you know, outside outside of that, and uh, a family to be responsible for. So they're just their parents say, "Hey, uh, we're having you do this." They do it. You know, as an adult, it's finding that time. If you, I mean, I have students who. As adults who've never played an instrument their yeah. whole life, and they and they want to play, and most of them quit after a while because they find out this is a whole lot harder than they thought it was going to be. Special fiddle, screw that instrument, man. Yeah, <laughs> violin is not. Uh, it's not a tough good one to start. It's a tough one know. to start on. But I, I have a guy right now who's making good headway, and he's never played anything before, and he's playing tunes, you know now. And just a, a matter of months, really. Yeah, well. And um, but I can tell you, know, he practices. You know, this is something he. he I tell people, you you've got to like look forward to getting home and mm-hmm. and, and getting that instrument. You know, you got to fall in love with this thing. You yeah. know, uh, if you do that, you're going to be successful. Oh yeah. If it's something like, oh, I don't want to do it tonight. Well, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Then. I see. I, I think that that idea is the. One thing in classical that we, we kind of realize is that when you drop like, when you drop Schindler's List on somebody, like the music from Schindler's List, uh-huh. like this isn't fun, you know, let's just be really clear, like the, the, why we're doing this right now is not fun, you know, right. it's, it's kind of a, it's a whole different kind of fun, it's, it's a, it's the challenge of it, it's the challenge mm-hmm. of bringing this emotion to life and ex- mm-hmm. and uh expressing that to people is what we're doing this for Mm. and and so the idea of getting this perfect is the fun Mm -hmm. you you know and you have to kind of psych yourself out in classical to make that 
buy into that. You have to emotionally buy into that of making this the pr primary goal, mm -hmm. not playing Mary Blacksmith for some party, which is actually real fun. Right, <laughs> you know, right. it, it's just a different kind. And sure, so, sure. with your, what you're talking about about making motivating people is is that's what happens when you go start doing arpeggios and all of this mm. mindless, tedious crap we have to do in classical. Well, you right. have to come in with the mentality of I'm going to get this perfect. Mm -hmm. That's why mm -hmm. this is going to be fun right now is, uh. is, is the per is I'm going to try to get as good a pitch as I can of right. my posture and cause you see a farther goal, you know, you see it. And, right. and so that's really hard for people, I think, cause they want the, mm -hmm especially trying tunes at tempo go, you know, it's right, like, right. you gotta slow that down. You gotta mm. see a longer picture here. Of, mm. And, and I, I wonder if, if some people, if some students kind of miss that mentality and they only want the fun, but they don't see the trying to get it perfect as sort of a, like a game, mm. you know, it's sort of like a game. How many notes can I hit this time? You know, like, I don't right. know if you do that or not, but, but I, yeah, I well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's always fun for me. I mean, it, practicing is fun. You're right. You know, and yeah. and if practicing isn't fun, find some way of making it fun. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, because the the goal is to is to be a whole lot better player. You know, and well, and see, I'm, that's what your goal is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would argue that there's some people that that's not their goal. You know, yeah. they're not goal. Their goal isn't to be a better player. It's all uh, just fun. They don't care about improving. Well, it drives me nuts. Right. <laughs> the blue, there's a lot of guys with blues jam. I'll yeah. just say, you know, they've learned their, they've learned their five yeah. key or they've learned their six chords for their three or four keys. Right. They've learned the shuffle, slow, funk. And you see them year after year and they never improve. And they're, they, they don't want it. They've got it. Yeah. They can play the blues. Right. And they, and they're not wrong. They got 800 tunes now. Mm -hmm. You're learning three keys in these styles and they right. can learn 800 blues tunes. But yeah. They don't want to get any better, right? You know? Right. I well, see, I know that I, that I'm better than I was five years ago, mm -hmm. you know, or even a year ago, because I'm playing tunes now that I couldn't play then. Yeah. That yeah. I attempted to play then, and my I, I was just screwing them all up. That's cool. And now man. I can get through them and play them pretty well. So I know, like, the work pays off, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, that's why it's just really worth it to go at it, cause you, cause you would if you start doing it. I mean, there, there's a reason why you can't get in the symphony. In like twenty years, yeah, I mean, you, you, there's nobody under twenty in symphonies. It's cause right. it just takes that long to get good. Yeah. But, like you said, there's still some guys that go home and practice, and within four months they're playing tunes already. That mm -hmm. you know there is a trick, right? There is a trick to it, and in, in mm -hmm. any instrument, you know, right. if you go. Start doing stuff slow. Do it in parts. You know, work right. on your tone. Work. On, right. You know, if you do those tricks, right, you can do it. But I, what I try to do with my students is get them as feeling as successful as quickly as possible, <laughs> so that they so that they're having fun. Yeah. You know, the quicker you can get them to play a simple tune, yes, the better. That's the first step, right? Right. That's first. Yeah. I mean, they got to do the other stuff first. I mean, you yeah. you can't start just playing a tune. You don't even know where you don't know anything. Is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to. But within like a month or two, you yeah. want a tune in their head already, right? right? If they yeah. put the practice time in, they'll yeah. get, they can get there. That's because cool. I've seen that happen. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, um, well, we're kind of kind of out of time already. Uh, say everybody, uh, say uh, what your band name is again. Our band name is called Into the Sun. Mm -hmm. We're on Facebook. 
Uh, we have a website called in, uh, IntoTheSunFolk.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll have photos of us, videos, um, dates where, where we're going to be playing. Mm-hmm. We play every second and fourth Saturday afternoon at Restless Spirits Distillery in North Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes at Murray's Tables and Tap, it's kind of off and on where you know we never know like when exactly the next. We just played there last Thursday, but I don't know when the next time it's going to be. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Um, you know, just just out there plugging away. You know, trying we're trying sure. to get jobs more. Trying to get out of town too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to. Get some better gigs and do some festivals. And yeah, stuff. festivals yeah. are fun. I used to do that with another band I was yeah. with, and that, that's a lot of fun getting to travel and play at these festivals. Yeah, yeah. well, it's cool, man. I know that uh, when when I when I came into those jams and was watching you play, I was very impressed. You know, and I, I know that you're one of the people in town that I think uh, um, musically, I think a lot of people respect, and and so so definitely keep it up from all of us. You know, thanks, <laughs> I guess, and uh, sure. Uh, um, I'm sure you guys would probably uh, probably see Dave out playing and whatever. So, uh, Dave Eg, thanks, man. Well, thanks for having yeah, me. No problem. Um, we'll be back next time. That's uh, that's the show. <laughs> All right, take it easy, guys. <laughs>